From Valley Public Radio, you're listening to COVID-19 This Week, San Joaquin Valley. I'm your host, Kathleen Schock, with health reporter Carrie Klein. It's February 26, 2021. Ever since the COVID-19 vaccine rollout began, every week has brought news of extremes, with success stories followed by supply problems and other hiccups. This week was no different including supply disruptions due to winter storms, as well as an unexpected boost from the governor. Carrie's here to walk us through the whiplash and to update us on COVID-19 among the incarcerated. But first, let's begin with a broad look across the valley this week. Okay, well, cases are continuing to plummet. We are now back down to fewer than 700 new cases reported each day in our area, uh, which means we are back to the case levels we were at in November before the Thanksgiving surge started up. So that's really nice news. Um, Our hospitals are way below surge capacity as well. There are less than half as many um, COVID-related patients in hospitals and ICUs as there were at the peak in mid-January. Unfortunately, a lot of people are still dying. Um, A few counties in our area have reported a jump in deaths in the last week, which could just be a backlog from earlier in the surge, but I don't have the answer to why just yet. When it comes to reopening businesses, all counties in our area are in the purple most restrictive tier, except for Mariposa, which is in red. And despite all of these improvements, none of the counties here are going to be moving up to a new tier in the next week. Uh, The vaccine rollout continues to chug along. We are now up to over 400,000 doses that have been administered in our area. Um, And last week, I reported that because of winter storms around the country, at least 15,000 vaccines had been delayed in getting to the valley. Some counties made up for the delay with their own reserves, while others did have to move or cancel appointments. But as far as I know, most or all of those doses have arrived by now and none were lost due to a breakdown in the cold chain. Well, that's good to hear. What else has happened in the last week's vaccine rollout? Well, so a lot has happened, um, and yet for most of us, the big picture remains the same. It's very confusing to know when you're eligible and how to register. So earlier this week, Newsom announced that workers in phase 1B are eligible across the state. That includes educators, food and ag workers, and first responders. Um, He also announced that counties are required to set aside a certain number of doses for that group, but not every county has actually started that this week, and they don't all agree on how many doses need to be set aside. Also, earlier this week, many Valley counties turned over their registration systems to MyTurn. That's the tool the state is using to streamline vaccine appointments. We've heard reports that people who are eligible were told they're not. Um, There was also one story in the Fresno Bee that a glitch actually sent many people to the wrong clinic. So there are a lot of kinks to still be worked out. Plus, retail clinics like CVS and Walgreens, they have their own registration websites separate from the counties. The process is very decentralized for now. On the other hand, the entire valley has gotten a boost to its vaccine supply. So on Monday, Governor Newsom announced two big pieces of good news. One was that he had redirected 34,000 doses to the area in a one-time allocation. They had apparently been pulled from an underperforming pharmacy chain, though the governor didn't say which one. The other boost is to our weekly allocations. So each county is assigned a share of the state's vaccine supply. For example, Fresno and Kern each had been getting around 2%. That percentage had been based on each county's share of healthcare workers and seniors over 65. Starting this week, however, that calculation is now based on each county's share of workers in phase 1B, which includes, of course, food and ag. 
We have a chronic shortage of doctors in this area, but we have the country's three top producing ag counties. So our percentages of the state's supply have risen, reportedly by an average of 58% across the valley. But because the state's supply changes every week, it's tough to put an actual number of doses on what that increase will mean, but it's safe to say it'll be thousands to tens of thousands more doses each week. And again, more good news. Mm -hmm. So Carrie, a a lot of your work on COVID has centered around correctional facilities. Earlier this week, you shared your reporting with the national news outlet Kaiser Health News in a story that put a spotlight on Avenal State Prison. Tell me, where do the COVID-19 clusters stand in prisons and jails throughout the valley? Well, the most salient point is that three of the five biggest correctional COVID clusters in the country are here in the valley. So the top of that list is the Fresno County Jail with nearly 4,000 infections between inmates and staff. And when it comes to prisons, the top two in the country are in Kings County. So there is the Avenal State Prison where there have been 2,100 inmate cases. That's a staggering 94% of its incarcerated population. Eight inmates have died. And the substance abuse treatment facility in Corcoran, known as SADF, uh, where two thirds of inmates have contracted the virus and six have died. Uh, But at all of these facilities, hundreds of employees have also contracted the virus, though as far as I know from the public data that none of them have died. But also in our area, um, you know, there have there have been COVID related deaths at Kern Valley State Prison, North Kern State Prison, Corcoran, Pleasant Valley, Wasco Valley State Prison and the women's facility in Chowchilla. So, you know, facilities all across the valley are being affected by this disease. You've been speaking with inmates at Avenal for months now. When you first shared some of their stories here on the show, they were scared and confused and frustrated. How are they feeling now? Well, from what I can tell, I think a lot of that initial chaos has given way to resignation. So here's an inmate named Ed Welker uh, and what he said when I asked if there's still an atmosphere of anxiety there at Avenal. No, no, there's not. Everybody is pretty much over all of that already. You know what I'm saying? Because they see they see how it's run its course. You know, there's nothing that we there's nothing in our control that we can do about that. So. You know, we have to learn how to move on and and continue our lives. But that's hard to do when life behind bars has changed so dramatically. Um, Another incarcerated man, Ty Tran, told me that what he and his fellow inmates want is to go back to their normal lives, their normal incarcerated lives, of course. You know, yard time, educational programs, self-help classes, and the ability to see loved ones. First and foremost, everyone wants visiting back, contact visiting, not the video visiting they've been doing. Everyone gets a half an hour visit per month. Half an hour goes by really quick. And then I understand that vaccines are now rolling out in prisons. Is that right? Yes, they are. Um, According to CDCR, the State Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation, vaccines have reached 38,000 incarcerated people and 25,000 staff members so far across the state. Um, Medically vulnerable and older inmates are getting first priority. Vaccines are also starting to roll out in the county jails as well. As we know, on the outside, there's a lot of skepticism for the vaccine. Of the men you've spoken with, how do they feel about it? Well, I've heard a number of different perspectives, actually. So on one extreme is Ed Welker, who's pretty categorical. I am not taking it. <laughs> no, in no way, shape, or form will I take it. They would have to hold me down, tie me down in order to, to give it to me. 
And that's for a few reasons. He's worried about long-term side effects. He feels that inmates are being used as guinea pigs. He also doesn't want to risk anything that could send him to prison healthcare, which he doesn't trust. Tai Tran, however, is on the opposite extreme. He absolutely wants a vaccine. And besides, he says, if prisoners were guinea pigs, why would doctors get the vaccine first? And it seems like Tran is in the majority. According to recent court filings, about two-thirds of state inmates who have been offered the vaccine have taken it. And there is one thing that Welker and Tran do agree on. It's that the vaccine doesn't feel all that urgent at Avenal. Man, at this point, it's pretty much almost everyone has had it already. At this point, there's really nothing more they can do. Well, Carrie, thanks again. Thank you. You've been listening to COVID-19 This Week with reporter Carrie Klein. I'm your host, Kathleen Schock. Thanks to our news director, Alice Daniel, and engineer, Don Weaver. We'll be back next Friday. And be sure to check out our other weekly podcast, Valley Edition. You can find all this and more on our website, kvpr.org.